Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech Athletics Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Alright, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I am your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Man, I am just here glued to the screen waiting for a certain wide receiver to commit um i mean it seemed like it was just 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 a short three weeks ago that it was any minute now and so now you haven't been holding your breath oh yeah well i mean i've I've gotten really good at it i've lost 37 pounds just been just hanging out (laughs) this is my summer how you been it's not it's it's i've been good I've been fine. Did you survive the fourth? Were there were there a lot of fireworks in your neck of the woods? We we luckily missed out because we left for our trip on the fourth, so I missed out on the um probably PTSD inducing barrage of fireworks that <laughs> our neighborhood has, and we're actually in city limits, whereas you are not. No, we are. So we're on are the edge of city limits. limits? Yeah, so our How does that Oh, it's like they carved out around they anyway. they annexed it, yeah, a while yeah, ago, it's but weird. it goes out at least uh so our neighborhood goes from like University out to Avenue P and then um 130th down to 145th 6th 146th ish and I bet yeah. that entire little block was just added in. Um yeah, I was going to ask you like what what uh how committed how how patriotic are are, are your neighbors uh, because ours started the day they could buy fireworks so yes June twenty seventh or whatever it was uh, and then it was every night until twelve thirty or one until the eighth we had a good like ran out two weeks yeah because obviously you can't buy any after the fourth. But we had five, six, again, we had four more days of fireworks of people that couldn't buy more fireworks but had more to shoot off. Just the worst, um, man. Just the worst. What are you doing? Do it on the fourth. So on the on, fourth, on, I get it. On Tuesday, yeah. On, on the fourth, actually the fourth, it was like, it was the worst. And I understood it and expected it. I had no problems with it that night. I was like, it's just going to be crazy. And it was. It was the craziest night, right? It literally sounded like nonstop gunfire. Yeah. Yes. You're like, I don't know if I should be worried 
scary? Like, should we get like a middle room in the house, put some some metal walls up? I know you're like, or just go outside and enjoy some fireworks. <laughs> That's what we almost did. Because we have uh, done that before. We just we've we've given up before, and we're just like, yeah, we're gonna sit outside and enjoy and and watch them for a while because we can't sleep. We are sure. on the it's twelve on the yeah. <laughs> We're on the edge of the developed part of the neighborhood and there, you know, after we, after we moved last summer. Um, so a lot of people come out to the end of our street. Yes. Um, and then the street behind us is, is relatively new, but they, they have a big area too. It was like, there was a lot shot off around us. And there was a time on Tuesday night. Someone was like, should we run the sprinklers? It's like, that wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> yes. Cause it was also a little breezy that night too. It was like, even though there are, five, six houses away, like we're, we're five or six houses away from, from the end of their street. Um, the wind was blowing from that part, you know, where people were shooting it back towards us. It's like, yeah, probably, probably a good idea. Yeah. Tuesday, you know, we left that day and luckily that's my watering day. There you so go. I was already like, okay, good. The sprinklers are going to run tonight while we're gone. Hopefully we'll be okay. Cause we found stuff in our yard, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that's exploded over the house and or it'll rain after a few days and then stuff will come off the roof or blow off the roof later and my ring camera was going nuts so the the third was bad enough i mean we we didn't get to bed till after one on the third so i just thought man the fourth is just gonna be like that that scene where robert downey jr's in front of the the mountain range and the first iron man that's just gonna be the fourth of july (laughs) in my neighborhood yeah. Uh, and I, I, you know, I was, I was talking to a friend, a coworker of mine that lived in this neighborhood for a few years. Um, and we we're complaining about it. I was like, you think like people that move out here think like they're out in the country. And I was like, yes, no, you're, this is still like, it's yeah. not, it, it, it felt a lot more out of the, out of the city when we first moved here, like six and a half years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like there are, like there are more houses going up to the south of us. There are houses going in that that field um, south of the elementary school. Like there's a neighborhood around the elementary school now. Um, like do you know that neighborhood, uh, Timber Ridge? No. It's north, so it's north of Woodrow, between oh, okay. University and Indiana. Yes. Okay. I'd, yeah. So like they're they're older beaten bow houses, but they're on like acre lots. Um, they were like out of the city limits for forever. I'm, I'm sure they, they had to deal with a lot of this craziness too, but there are houses being filled in between my neighborhood and that neighborhood. It's like, it's just going to be one big neighborhood here pretty soon. Um, well, and that's, lots of that's people, but still like too. wild. Just stop. Yeah. It's like, this is, you want to go shoot fireworks? Great. Just don't set my house on fire. Please. That's what I noticed too, was, uh, when we first moved into our neighborhood, there was still a lot of vacant lots around us. And, it seemed like the fireworks were more intense and lasted for longer, you know, like it lasts like eight days or 10 days or whatever, mm-hmm. just every night, kind of like what you just described. But as more people moved in and more houses got built, that kind of calmed down to where really it's focused mainly on the third and the fourth and maybe the fifth. But man, I remember before it was like the day they started going on sale like june 30th or whatever it was it was just madness and and you and i knew for for sure it was people that just drove out there to the end of a cul-de-sac where there's no houses <laughs> yep and then so you you know you drive Found by there dirt. the next yeah yeah you drive by there the <laughs> next day and it's just 
just carnage of all these boxes and stuff that some jackass lit and then left for someone else to clean up beer bottles, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, now I will, I will say like, um, I don't know, obviously I don't know like how, how many of the people that were shooting off fireworks actually lived here, but the morning of the fifth, like we went out, like, uh, we went for a walk around the neighborhood and, and then around the, the park that we have, like the trash cans were overflowing, but it seemed like everybody did a pretty good job of picking up after them. So I was like, Hey, good job people. Hey, instead okay. of just leaving on the street. Now, granted, there's gonna be some like of the debris that falls and just random little whatever, but well, and trash anyway, cans are kind of going to overflow anyway, because yeah, I, I they wasn't don't run about as that. much just... during the holidays and there's probably just more people and more trash in general. You're just like, okay, it's one of those things, you know, Easter Thanksgiving, you know, the Memorial day. It's like, okay, we're going to have a really full trash can or trash or dumpster this week. That's fine. Yeah. Well, these were the, these were the trash cans that are like on the trail around the park. Oh, I got you. I they got were, you. they were overflowing. I was like, but at but like least, said, at least they tried trying. Yes. <laughs> e for All right. Effort. Yeah. E for effort. Uh, what are we, we're 10 gonna, minutes in. We're going to talk about baseball tonight. Michael all-star game is ongoing. Our boy, Josh Young got the start. Uh, I want to hear your best Tim Tadlock impression on what you think he would have thought or said as he was introduced. Um, as Josh Young was introduced as an all-star starter. We'll get to that later. Don't, don't do it now. Okay. Uh, we'll Good. wrap up the MLB draft of Texas Tech Red Raiders. Spoiler alert, there was one. <laughs> so you went from like 10 last year to one. Um. A quick one-name update of the transfer portal. Uh, we'll talk about the the basketball tournament. Uh, I saw some some tickets on the secondary market. I was shocked. <laughs> they wanted this much money. Um, and uh, the person that was selling it included like a screenshot of when she bought it, but it showed that she got it like a, on a buy one, get one but she was asking for full price on two tickets. It's like something's not right here, girl. You're showing us that you bought it. No, don't show uh, your hand. Buy one, get one. And now you're like, I need full price for two tickets. No, that's not how it's going to work. Um, Bob Huggins resigning or did he? And then a transfer from West Virginia. Uh, is the football team getting new uniforms, Michael? Or at least are they are they transitioning to using a lot more of the uh, Southwest Conference era throwbacks? Okay, okay. Five new commits since we since we talked. We'll talk about those. None of them are Micah Hudson. Oh man, they are all defenders. I think they're all defensive backs too. So, um, and then we'll wrap up with uh, <laughs> what did we learn? So you can find us on Twitter. You can also find us on threads. That was a thing that happened yesterday morning. I don't know if anybody's on threads uh, or just it's a backup. Let's be honest. Like we're, I, I activated that account Monday morning one, because we got uh, when I was, I, I walked into work, I was, I was doing a walkthrough on some locations for a big video project. I'm shooting here pretty soon. Uh, the girl's like, Hey, did you see what UMC posted on threads? I was like, 
know what they say. <laughs> like their first post was in before covenant. That's like, Oh, okay. come on. Smarmy little bastards. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is which is strange because that's that's that hasn't been their voice and I, they probably thought they'd be okay doing that on a new pr- platform with very few followers. Sure, um, but I was like, "All right, all right, you a holes, took your <laughs> shot, which is fine." Like we may be super slow to adopt and move over to Threads if we ever do it, just because of the way that we're our our social media team is structured out of Seattle. And like, if they want to take on a new platform and figure it all out, um, y'all should have waited f- for you know y'all should have waited three days, and then <laughs> somehow tied that in biblically when when you yeah like when, on when, on when on Monday joined. like three days later here we are yeah yes and on the, the third of, day <laughs> third day covenant <laughs> okay um but anyways so through I'll all help that you I was write something. Yeah, I'm, I'm really good at Twitter. Y'all, y'all know me. I I tweet about once every I seven I should, or eight days. I should send this to uh, our, our social media people. I like, tweet hey, once hey, every wh- seven or eight days, whether I need to or not. I just do it. I mean, that's, that's just how I'm built. I'm built different. Built different. <laughs> um. So same handle at twenty three personnel on Twitter and Threads at punts suck at Michael underscore LBK for Twitter. Uh, y'all are, y'all know it by now, but you can find all of our great work over on staking the planes, including the rest of the content network and their work there. Um, if you're not reading, Seth is still posting over there. We'll be going through as we do our new opponent introductions. Uh, Seth has already got a jump on those. So you can go read them over on stakingtheplanes.com. but we'll be doing some of those looking at Houston and BYU and UCF we'll start with those three uh because we we will play them this year uh, and then probably wrap up with Cincinnati who we will not play um or maybe we should start with Cincinnati because we don't we don't play them schedule Cincinnati that's what we should do we should schedule them and then is Tuberville still over there is he still coaching (sighs) no I'm just kidding he's 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 had a week He's screwing up the state of Alabama all on his own. Good Lord. So let's uh, let's jump into baseball, Michael. Yes, let's do that. Left field, well struck. Desloni picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young lifts it to right field, looking for a second home. some time because all the tools are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes. And the pitch is driven from deep to right. Kerstad to the wall. Off the top of the fence. Here comes the big foul. Cameron Warren's going to murder home from first. Throw the third is late. And the Red Raiders have reclaimed the lead.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. All right. The All-Star Game, Michael, is ongoing. Last I checked, because, um, you know, we've been over here for a while. It was tied 2-2, and I, I made my journey from my living room to the office to record. National League has a lead 3-2, top of the ninth. They are batting our boy, Josh Young, got the start at third base. And, Michael, I would love to hear what you think uh, Tim Tadlock would have said and how he would have said it seeing a former player of his introduced as a starter in the all-star game. Take us into his living room, Michael. Well, you know, he was, he was, uh, <clears throat> hang on, hang on. I feel like I need, I, I feel like I need some, some chewing gum in my mouth. I think that would help, but I don't have any. <laughs> He was he was such a good player for us at at Tech. Uh, not really surprised at all. Just a you know really really hardworking player. Uh, you know was was just smart and really dedicated to the game. Uh, glad we got to have him when we did. Uh, hats off to his brother. I don't know. That's all. That's it's not my best. It's not my best. I think I don't I don't get enough whistles in there. And then uh, I know there are a couple other things I like to to throw in there, and I I didn't do it. 
It's fine. So my my initial thought, Michael, uh, not not that what you said would have been wrong, um, would have been a more emotional Tadlock, like when you he was so? asked about uh, like like when he was asked about uh, what he said in his in his introductory press conference about going to Omaha and all that kind of stuff. I think there'd be like a little bit of a a catch in his throat, a little extra twinkle or glimmer in his eye and say something like, man, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but like, that, that not, all. that's all like, and, and, and not like, Hey, Hey, that's cool. But like, you know, the, the Tadlock way is like, man, uh, you know, that's, it's pretty cool. I don't, I can't do it, man. I, I kind of took, it. I kind of took it to be more like, this was a foregone conclusion. I, I, I feel like he would approach it as if, this is just another day at the office because he knew how good this kid was. Yeah, you know, since the day we saw him, I just, I just had a feeling that this, this was bound to happen. You know, for it to happen in his rookie season is incredible. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just really glad we got to be a part of it. Got a little emotional there at the end for that one. We should uh, we should call on David Collier to like hey like just just call Tadlock and ask him what he thought <laughs> what he said to his wife or uh, J Bob who's sitting on the the couch next to him. He may have just said, "Huh." He missed, hey, you remember he you remember may, that guy? That, that may have been when he found out. Huh? Is that Josh? Oh look, Crazy. I know that guy. <laughs> um, but speaking of the Rangers, because Josh is a Ranger, that's freaking awesome. One. Uh, my man, Joe Davis is on, on the play by play tonight. Oh, you love this guy. Um, I do. And he mentioned, he mentioned a couple of colleges throughout the night. One, because he Fox has, well, Fox has the big noon kickoff between Colorado and TCU to start this season. So he had that little bit of a promo talking about Dion. That man, going that up. is going to get a lot of viewers for the first quarter. Well, because it's going to be Dion versus uh, national title game appearance, um, Sonny Dykes and, and and TCU in his first year. Yeah, and then it'll stuff. be twenty eight to three, and everyone's going to go, "Okay, what else is on?" Yeah. Um, but before even all that, the only time he mentioned the college, he was talking about how just through and through Texas, Josh Young was. He's from Texas. He went to Texas Tech. Plays for the Rangers, grew up a Rangers fan. I was like, hell yeah, he said Texas Tech. He gets Josh it, Young is a Ranger. I went Josh to school Young there a, too, man. Josh Young was a Texas Tech Red Raider. Beautiful. Um, starters have been pulled. I, I, I think he played the first uh, five innings or so. Uh, I think he went hitless, but there was a, there was a really close play at first. He had a little a chopper up the third baseline. Austin Riley from the Braves had to barehand it and threw him out. Uh, nearly replay worthy close of a play. Um, but, um, for Rangers fans, like Adolis Garcia first, first play of the game had a, had a highlight real catch and right. Um, participated in the home run derby last night was eliminated, but didn't have the fewest number of home runs, which was, you know, a consolation, I guess. Uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. won it for those that didn't watch. Entertaining on most levels. 
not like Josh Hamilton entertaining because yeah, that was yeah. uh but, historic. Yeah, but uh, there was a guy the the guy from from the Mariners. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Rodriguez hit 41 home runs in one of the rounds, which was unbelievable to watch. And there are three rounds for those that competed in the championship round, which he didn't, he didn't make it out of the championship round. Sorry. He didn't, he didn't make it to the championship round. It was Guerrero. No. Yeah. It was Guerrero versus Rodriguez. Um, anyways, cool that Guerrero won it. Uh, and, and of course they, they, they flash back and show that his dad won it in 2007 or 2008, whenever it was. And there were pictures of, uh, Vladdy, Vlad Guerrero on the field after he won it with junior there next to him as like a seven or eight year old kid. Uh, and then of course he's there winning it now. Anyways, the pomp and circumstance of the all-star game, all-star break is coming to a close top of the ninth been a good game entertaining best of the best of the best sir uh rangers fans had a good showing like i said with uh simeon and seager and young and garcia and heim as starters and then you had avaldi come in to pitch the second um which is I know I mentioned to Michael that was a uh, only the third time in MLB history that a team has had six players on the field at the same time in an All-Star game. Last time it happened was in 1951, so it's been 72 years. So was was Dwight Eisenhower president? <laughs> I don't know. In 1951, American history was president that still way. president. Let's see, American president. 1951. <laughs> Truman, you you got it. 45 okay. to 53. Yikes. Eisenhower came after him. Okay. Roosevelt I knew, I knew was I had him. the order right, but I wasn't quite sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know presidents. Um the draft wrapped up tonight. Um Red Raiders so far under Tim Tadlock. No, sorry, just Red Raiders. The graphic has Tadlock in it, but this is all time. So Texas Tech has 198 all-time draft picks. Add one for Brandon Beckel, 199, 64 under Tadlock, so now 65. 32 drafted in the first 10 rounds. 41 pitchers selected, make it 42 now for Tadlock, and then two first-round picks since 2019. Uh, Beckel tonight, or today, went in the 12th round to the Phillies. The Phillies. The Philadelphia Phillies. Um, quick update on the transfer transfer portal since we last talked. Uh, your pitching staff was decimated <laughs> further with um, Mason Molina hitting the portal. He gone. Yeah, that's not that's not great. And he's set to go where? Or has that been confirmed? I've just seen some I haven't, scuttlebutt. I haven't seen confirmed that he's gone anywhere or announced a commitment anywhere. Uh and then and looking at that, I was kind of irritated that he still had Texas Tech all over his um <laughs> his uh his account. 
Well, maybe he thinks he can come back. Maybe he thinks it's not officially over. He's just, just testing, testing the waters. The waters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but if, if we uh, if we take Tadlock's word for it, when a player hits a portal, basically say, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah. He gone. Which, how do you feel about this one? Because this one sucks, you know, man. Me, hu- yeah, thank you. This one, huge, this one, huge baseball knower of baseball over here, and, and I, I was immediately like, "This really, this well, this one is like the worst one, possibly, except for maybe Cash that I could think of." Yeah, to lose Cash would hurt. To lose Bazell would hurt. But uh, I feel like we've got more bats than pitchers, so you could almost after this year, <laughs> uh, right? I don't know. Now, so you could almost talk me into losing a bat and being going, oh, you know, I was, as, as, as much as that stinks, at least we'd still have Molina. <laughs> and I can't say on the, on the flip side, though, uh, the way that the pitching staff kind of rounded up the, the season, especially in the in the region, like you felt really good about Petty and Rogers and what they might be able to give to you. Um, they're just that's just going to be a big step. And they're going to there's going to be a lot of progress needing to have happened between now and you know, next February, whereas Molina was there, he was going to be your guy. Um, I mean, this one sucks like losing what's his face to the, the Aggies a couple years ago. Uh, Dallas. Ooh, yeah. Like a Dallas. You yeah. lost another guy to Oklahoma and Brendan Girton. Um, you know, he figured to be a, a key piece of your rotation this year. It was one, was one of your starters start the season, then was, a, a you know, coming out of the bullpen for a while, then, just fell off at the end of the season. Um, so there's that. All right. Is there any good baseball news aside from Josh Young being awesome? Well, Beckle being drafted in the 12th. That's awesome, man. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's true. Uh, lots of guys are still playing uh, in the summer league. Guys that like, when I was looking for, have they landed in a transfer spot yet? Like Jared Curtis, Ryan Brome, Dylan Carter. They're all still playing. Um. Brome, uh, for his summer league team just a few days ago, hit for the cycle. So, Oh really? Yeah. It's like, man, could have used that. <laughs> Wouldn't have been too bad. Wouldn't have been too bad at all. That would have been the first cycle since, uh, Josh did it at New Mexico a few years ago, 2016 or whatever. All right. Um, let's, uh, Let's move on. Talk some basketball, Michael. Yes, some hoops. Some hoops. Some summer hoops. Uh, we got the Let's get in the new. Get talk some hoops. Michael, you're full of surprises and voices, and and none of them are good, but they're here. They're all in my head. Impressions. That's the word I was looking for. Golly. Um, well, my computer is wigging out. I, I would start the, uh, the intro to basketball and he, okay, here it is. So, uh, let's jump over to basketball, Michael. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? 
more confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Over the top, McCormick in a crowd strip by Owens. Moretti on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Culver. Evans. Yes. Game over. Mooney with a crossover and the lob to Owens. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Moretti double into Tariq. Oh, and puts it down. Already. Odiasi throws it in. Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good. Culver got the separation. Oh, big shot. Stepping up big time. Dagger. Culver with the dish. Odiasi. And one. He can tie it at the line. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. All right. Update on the All-Star game really quickly, Michael. American League is down to their last strike. <laughs> Kyle Tucker was up to bat, had a, th- a full count, 3-2. Watched a very close ball four. So tying run is on. Oh, excuse me. Two outs. Bottom of the ninth. Facing Craig Kimbrell. Goofy right-hander that leaves his arm out hanging out when he's doing his setup. Who's he facing? Oh, it's the the Mariner. He's facing uh, Rodriguez, hometown kid. Got the rally caps. Got a rally shoe going. Would you like a Lubbock Matadors update in the middle of your baseball update? Would love one. They're they're uh, hosting a playoff playoff game yes. match. Tonight, yes. Is it they, over? Is it going they final? Curb stomped San Antonio. Oh, love to hear that. Six to zero. What? Six to nil. Or six nil. Six nil. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Go I don't Mozos. Know. So yeah. So Matadors move on to the Lone Star Championship. I just thought I'd pass that pass that on because if we weren't going to go out of town and. And all that kind of stuff. We're really going to try to go to that tonight, but we just got too much stuff going. And I don't Wanted. think I, sh- I showed you this earlier, but the last Matador game I went to, I got a Whataburger TP thing mm-hmm. with a 23 on the back. I guess that's for the year. And no, then, that's that's for us, man. Well, yeah, that's right. What am I thinking? <laughs> you just showed that. And they're like, holy, holy crap. Man, holy smokes. It. Dudes. And and then uh, the Matador logo on the other side, so I like which is it. pretty sweet logo. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a good logo. It's got cotton bowls on it. I mean, what what do you and, and a bull? It's beautiful. West Texas. They also Texas um, to to wrap up the season. They uh, they went out to Midland, had El Dustico. Yes, won that match, so they got the trophy. Got the coveted which is a tumbleweed. <laughs> Tumble Golden tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's beautiful. Embrace it. Embrace the dust coast as, as good line would say. Yeah, man, they're, they're killing it in their second year. I wanted to go to a match this year. I wanted to, uh, 
take it in. Especially since they're going to be at, they're they're at Cooper this year. They're playing just yeah. down the road from us. You, y'all could almost walk there. Yeah, I mean, I if the game if the match was still going on, I could walk outside and then hear what was happening. Yeah. Yep. Because between us and Cooper High School, the football field is a big open field of cotton, I believe. At this point, I don't know. I don't know what they're what they're they're planning. But y'all should, yeah. I mean, I know with with three kids, especially with your youngest being extremely young, it's tough. But it's it's fun. I mean, it's totally worth it. Uh, I don't know if they'll be at Cooper next year or not. But you know, parking was never a big deal. Getting in and out was never a big deal. It was pretty flawless. We only went to two, but they were a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it, and not not just you, Spencer, but anybody listening in the Lubbock area go check them out. They're a fun time and you can sit on the North side. You can be close to the, ah, dang it. What do they call themselves? The Mozos? Yes. You can be close to those guys and they're making noise the entire game if you want to and, and get in on the chance and, and, uh, or you could sit way far away, whatever you want to do, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Definitely worth checking out. And I, I don't know if they'll be there again next year or not. We'll see. I'm, I know the ultimate goal is to, gain enough traction, get enough interest to have their own, you know, uh, their own pitch somewhere out here in, in West Texas, but we're probably still a few years away from that. Oh, uh, so basketball, what's going on? Hold on though. Before we get to basketball, we, intro we, have we haven't done basketball yet. Um, <laughs> You know, no, I'm going to drop it in. And what do we learn? We we made a trip out to Midland to watch a, a Midland Rockhounds game. We're going to drop that in here. Oh, all right, okay. I'm I'm anxious to hear about that later. So that's what you, that's what they call a tease in the biz. Yeah, it's a hook to keep you in uh, at yeah. the end, hour and a half episode. All the, um, the Rockhound fans were just about to turn it off, and they're like, "Oh no, no, gotta wait." Well. So the best segue would have been talking about how Grant McCaslin had the ceremonial first kick tonight at the match uh, to get everything started. And we can talk about basketball, but then I tried to talk about baseball again. And I messed all the flow up and yeah, I had, I had that totally queued up, man. I was going to, I was going to nail that. I'm a, I'm a professional. I can't even say the word. That's how professional I am. Professional. Professional. So, I'm also really interested in going to the basketball tournament and yes. the Lubbock uh, regional Lubbock bracket uh, hosted, of course, by the Air Raiders. Uh, number one seed here is the host. Uh, I did see something kind of ridiculous. Tickets on the secondary market for a the basketball tournament. She wanted $80 a piece. What? For two tickets in section 112 and like row 18. So what even like front row? I uh, am. And, and like 10 other people I know somehow all I am going, I got, I got a ticket and somehow we're all in section 111. So look, where, where did you secure said ticket? Uh, for those that are possibly looking for tickets. Th- oh, through AXS. Access or what you know, the AXS website. And I looked today before we got online, Spencer, and there's still like 25 bucks because that's what I paid for mine. And the 
the the range was 25 or 30 and most of the 30s were all sold out but the 25s were were still it says tickets are coming soon the bogo special that's weird which is what this person i I, I bought these like a week or two ago this person bought tickets and then showed the screenshot that she bought them on a bogo but then once obvious like three times face value for each ticket. She's trying to make six times her investment here. That is insane. I mean, good luck to your sister, but anyways, let's see. TBT round one. Uh, Austin zone. Yeah. It says, it says tickets go on sale April 28th, but their website says coming soon. I don't understand it. I got you, man. Anyways. I got you. I got you. Uh, National League League did close out that game. They did have runners on on first and second, uh, but Craig Kimball finally stopped walking people. Um, I guess the biggest thing we can talk about is Bob Huggins, Michael. Uh, I don't know how much I believe or who to believe, um, but I wouldn't... I don't know. So he got himself wrapped up in a DUI situation, public intoxication DUI. I can't even remember exactly what it is. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to try to slander the man. Um, libel. I'm not going to try to get into any kind of libel conversations here, but had something to do with being intoxicated or under the influence of something somewhere at the wrong time. Right? Correct. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Let's throw in some more dis, you know, qualifiers in there. Story comes out. His daughter comes to his defense. Uh, had that ridiculous story that he was trying to return something or, or trying to, I don't know. It was weird. I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even comprehend, comprehend it because it was so outlandish. Um, yeah. All of this stuff, I have to admit, everything everyone's posted about it, whether it was his daughter or him or the West Virginia lawyers, I have not read it because it's all like four screenshots of single space <laughs> words. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm out. sorry that happened. Yeah. And for that reason, I'm out. Well, very recently. You have to give me the cliff notes first. Well, so very recently, uh, Huggins came out and said, I never resigned. But West Virginia, when they, they announced that he had resigned, had a statement from Bob Huggins and said, you know, all, all the things that you'd expect in this kind of PR type of statement, um, all that Huggins came out through his lawyers and said, Hey, so like after the incident, like I was in, I was in communication with the athletic department in the university. I, I checked into a, you know, self checked into some, some treatment options. Um, the statement that was released did not come from me. It was not approved by me. Like he's, uh, he's claiming or his, his defense is that like he never officially resigned. So he's still an employee of the university. Sure. Um, which is wild. Cause like I had some, some, some questions when I saw a player, a transfer commit to West Virginia. I was like, what, how, like there's nobody there. Like 
like the whole team is in the portal. They don't have a coaching staff. And then like the next day, Huggins is like, I'm still here guys. Uh, so I don't know what to believe. This is going to be wild. I'm sure I, I wouldn't put it past a PR individual. And this is, this is my field, right? So like I'm, I'm throwing myself under the bus here. Um, to have drafted a statement from the coach, if the university had decided they were going to separate from the coach, draft a statement and go the route where they were like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to say that you resigned. So we're not coming out and saying you were terminated because of all the, um, the connotations that comes with it. And I think it was very clear that was, the, that was the path the university was headed towards, right? Like this was bad. Uh, and not even, it was like five weeks after he got in trouble for the comments he made. Um, Oh yeah. On that radio show. Yeah. Like yeah. It, he hadn't even really recovered from that outside of it just being in the off season of basketball. And like, nobody's talking about it cause it's nobody's talking about college basketball right now. Um, and then this happened. So I was like, uh, he's, he's probably done. That's wild, man. For him yes. to come out, I was like, I never resigned. And I don't, I don't doubt that that, that statement could have been put together and released on his behalf. And just like, we're just going to say it and, and whatever. But then I think like, well, what are the ramifications of like the differences between resignation from the coach or termination from the university? It probably has to come down to settlement and right. They have to pay out, a um, the, the rest of his contract and all that kind of stuff. Whereas a resignation, they don't. So yeah, like the university is going to have to come up with that. Like, Hey, we, like we will pay you your, what is that term? Like, why, why am I blink on that? His, well, I feel like oh, severance, buyout. Se- it's but it's, not, it's, it's got a, a certain term for, for coaches though. It's their, um, cushion, their <laughs> free money. The money that Matt Wells is still getting. Is he still being that, paid by the university? Oh, probably. I Hell, I don't know. Is Cliff Kingsbury still being paid by Texas Tech? I mean, I mean, there's <laughs> nothing harder and easier than being a power five coach. <laughs> it's like the best thing to ever get fired from. Um, but, you know, I, I would imagine within their contract, they have some way where they could terminate him with cause. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they do. I'm so sure this they is, can... It's semi-similar to, you know, how UT took their sweet time figuring out what they could do with Chris Beard before they actually did anything. And so I, I think this may be where West Virginia's heading is they've got to make sure they have all their ducks in a row before they officially let him go. But like you said, it may just come down to, okay, uh, obviously Huggins is going to fight us tooth and nail on this. Um unless we can come up with an ironclad way for our lawyers to convince the court and everybody else or whoever they have to, that he is being fired with cause there will be no payout of his contract. There will be no even partial payout, blah, blah, blah. And unless we can do that, we should should just settle with him. And that may be what he's shooting for. I, I don't understand it completely. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a way to access that con contract since it's a public university but i have not read it and honestly even if i had read it i would probably be going what what's all this mean i don't know what it means 
So I, it's just shocking to me. I had a friend of mine text me about it, and he said that one of the lawyer's defenses was uh, that the email saying he resigned or, you know, the email to West Virginia came from Huggins' wife's email account. And my friend and I both agreed, like, there's no way Bob Huggins knows whose damn email account he's using when he sits down at his home laptop. He doesn't know. There's he just a window opens open. Up Google he's or just compose email. <laughs> so and so at wvu.edu. I wonder if he has to get Bob. that off off the off the university website. Do you think his signature is 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 like best Bob? Bobby? Or do you think or do you think it's just Regards. Bob? Or do you think it's love Bob? I hope it's the last one because that would just throw everybody off. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> so anyways, yours? what do you, what's yours at work? Thanks. Mine is thanks. Even if it's not something I'm thinking of before, it's just always thanks. Cause I don't know. No, but related to that really quickly, uh, I was talking to Samantha about people's out of office responses because yes. it was like it was in, it was in, recently. A, in oh, a, no. a Lexus commercial tonight, and it said, "Thank you for your email." I was like, "Never <sighs> including that in my out of office," because I'm never thankful for your email. I got. One I don't of those want today. it. I don't I, want it. I, I sent it to a guy who I know for a fact is not thankful for my email, and that was his <laughs> office reply. And I was like, "No, you are not, brother. You Probably are not like, thankful for this email. Not looking forward to hearing from you and getting yeah. whatever." It's like, I just leave yeah. it short and sweet. I'm just like, I will be out of the office until blank day that way yeah, they i'm don't like know, that, that way they don't know when i left that 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 way no one's like oh he, oh look at you coming back for you know they, they don't know when i started the away message they just know when i'll be back and that's all they need to know that's that that's how i write mine too it's like hey i'm out of the office and will return on this date i will not be checking email if you need oh, something I don't say that either they could they could they'll, they'll find that out <laughs> If you need something, here's my boss. You need to reach out to her. Yeah, I do give him the office number. I don't even tell him who to who to call. Just like, ah, just call the office. Somebody. Somebody well, might help you. We have a Best we of have luck. A, I'm on vacay, bro. We have a bad precedent and environment set in our in our organization that like people will check and respond to emails when they're on PTO. So it's I do, like, it's I do almost check. like even expected. Like if somebody, uh, like if you get out of office that like you still could get a response from them because there have been times when like I've come back because I will all like, if I have my out of office on, I will also turn my notifications off. It's like, I don't want oh, to be sure. hearing the email stuff no. come through. No, no, I, no. I get a little, little, little shot of anxiety every time my email yes. notification goes off. It's like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. Like your phone beeps, your watch buzzes, your icon and your, bottom right of your computer goes off. It's like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they were like, well, I, I expected to hear back from you. I was like, I was on vacation and that was said as such in my, my out of office. Like there, there's that expectation was unreasonable for you to have. Well, well, somebody else in your office responded and they had an out of office. I was like, they're, I don't want to tell you. They never shut their computer off. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know them. I'm not, we're not on the same wavelength. We don't have the same synergy. So yeah, I, I, I used to be, I, I, I still check, 
but I rarely actually respond unless I'm responding to someone within my company. Like if I feel like it would be helpful for it's on some email I'm copied on. And so then I will respond to who will probably have to deal with it since I'm gone. I may respond to them directly and be like, Hey, here's a few other things you might need to know, or here's this or here's that. But I really just try not to do it anymore. I try to have all those like prepped and like sent like, Hey, if you get asked about this project, like here's what you need to know. But also the nature of what I do for my job, for my, my, my company, like nothing is really that urgent. <laughs> so there's a handful of things that are urgent with mine, but I, I, I'm not 100%, there, there are like, people who can deal with it. So it's, it's like, yeah. I mean, yes, it might get done slightly faster. If it was a project that I actually worked on, I might could get an answer to that person faster in an emergency, but there are capable folks there who can absolutely handle it. So anyway, to wrap sorry. that up, I, 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 I think, I think Huggins signs his emails with cheers. So cheers! exclamation point or no, it's just all no. lowercase. Cheers. <laughs> all lower. XO. Cheers. No, Bob. <laughs> XO. Gossip girl, Bob. <laughs> Cause it's, it's coming like one of those preset signatures from the hotmail account. His daughter logged in as, and Oh, I, I, and I hope if he ever sends an email on his phone, it's just like, from my Samsung Galaxy S forty three dash six seven four BR five four nine eight two three calories smartphone four G five G eight G plus. And I don't want to go down another tangent, but just because you mentioned it, this the the automatic the standard or default signatures on both like on Androids and on oh on, they're terrible on, on Apple's like. Why do they care if it came from my phone? Like, I don't sent from oftentimes, iPhone. oftentimes, like I, 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 I don't want them to know I was on my phone. I, I have, I know I can't have the same formatting on a signature from my phone as it will come from outlook. If it was on my laptop, but they are set up as close as they can be to the same. So I don't want to let somebody know that I read and responded to their email from my phone when maybe the expectation was I was sitting at my, at my desk. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. I, I'm kind of the opposite. Like, I don't want, I almost want people to know I'm from my phone because then I feel like, like maybe they'll understand that right they're now. bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> Sent from my iPhone. Sent from my iPhone at peace in my house. <laughs> now, yeah, now it's like go back to what you're doing. 10.49 p.m. Sent from my iPhone. Yes. I was like, ah, I was in. Speaking of West Virginia basketball and everybody hitting the transfer portal, uh, McCaslin. I don't know if it's been a thousand, but he's uh well over the Mendoza line on the the number of transfers, another number of guys that he's got committed that he got to campus. Latest one is West Virginia guard transfer Joe Tassant. Uh last year averaged 29, 22 minutes per game, nine point four points, shooting thirty seven and a half percent from the field, just under thirty three percent from three, and almost seventy nine percent from the line. Um, it's a small guard, six foot guard. So probably won't see him and pop on the, on the court at the same time, but you've got a senior with four years, you know, at least what? three years of playing experience. Well, I don't oh, know if he's like a, well, it's COVID seniors or, uh, because he played, I thought he, I thought he heard, I thought I heard that he had played three years at Iowa 
then transferred to West Virginia. He's, he was definitely at Iowa first. Yeah. Anyways, so he'll be here. Um, I believe that that brings you up to 12 scholarship players. Yes. And the thought was to leave one open for a mid midterm type transfer. Yeah. Um, according to Seth's eligibility chart over on stakingplanes.com, one of my favorite things he does, he's on eligibility chart version eight because there's been a lot of movement, folks. Um, but with that one, yes, there are 12 scholarship players with Jack Francis as your 13th player and uh, listed as a walk-on. Yep. All right. Let's uh let's transition to football really quickly, Michael. Okay. Chuck keeps it himself. Made two guys miss touchdown. Two now the end zone picked off and it's picked off. Pick six, Jeffers. Slager able to escape and that picked off. Back to back. Fake, finds Tharp again, and he's in the end zone for his first collegiate touchdown. The deep ball down the middle, it's caught, touchdown, Texas Tech. Miles Price, 39 yards for the score. Action, Purdy, intercepted, picked off at the 20-yard line. Smith to throw again. Has a man downfield, and Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Mannix. Brooks to the left side, to the five, touchdown, Red Raiders. Smith, find a little time, throwing to the back of the end zone, caught, touchdown. Tied at 38, three seconds to go, 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good. It is good. Jonathan Garibay has won the game with a 62-yard field goal. So I was playing with this little phone holder and I broke it. <laughs> Man. It's like well, something you put your phone in, like so you could prop it up on the desk and it, uh, Oh gosh. Just came apart. Cause I was being stupid anyways. Um, Michael, do you see the, uh, flurry of tweets regarding uniforms not specifically for Texas Tech but they did get in on it a little bit later um I can start with Kansas getting some new threads oh I get it now because threads (laughs) yeah like like threads instead of Twitter's Anyways, um, but it had me thinking though, Michael, because Texas Tech did did put their own little tweet out about it, um, and I'm sure it was just because it was all in the in the the excitement or the the flurry of, of tweets coming out about everybody's new thread account, Threads account, 
uh, and they just hopped on just the, the pun there. But they, the pictures they released were mostly of the throwback uniforms. At least and I was like, And I was like, are we going to, are we going to see some, uh, some, why, why, why can't I think of words tonight, Michael? I don't know. Flat double T's. Sure. That too. But like, are we going to see them utilize these Southwest era throwbacks and feature them more prominently in the rotation this year? People are asking Michael. (laughs) Well, I would like to, you know, the last uniform with the black helmet, white Jersey and the black pants, it has a flat double T on the helmet. And I think on the socks, which I've never really looked at the socks, never really cared, but I'm going to need me some of these socks, man. If that's a flat double T on the front. You gonna wear it as like a, like a dress sock under your under your slacks to work? Shoot, I, I, I wear shorts. Summer summer of exposed legs. It does look Puppies like breathe, like a white sock, mm-hmm. three stripes, black, red, black, and then a flat double T on the on the front of the, the ankle. Yeah, on your shin, basically. Yeah, beautiful. Your high ankle, low shin. Yeah. Let's get that going. And then also, okay, scroll back with me. So are you, do you have these pulled up? I do. So the all-white uniform. I see a flat double T on the front of the helmet, or am I making that up? But then all the other double Ts are the bevel. I think it's just too small. I, 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 think, that, I, think, that's a, I think that's a traditional 3D. Okay. I, I would believe either thing, and I, I bet you're right, because that would be weird for them to mix up double T's on the helmet. So that makes more sense. Well, but but go back and look at the uh, the all-black throwbacks with the three stripes. Mm-hmm. And look at that helmet. Gosh, those I, look good. I think that double T on the front of the helmet is, is 3D. You think so? It's hard to tell. What do you what do you think about the uh, the the holes in the numbers that you can see in the in the throwbacks, like in the middle, kind of like a gradient where it gets like bigger, more visible holes. Like old school jerseys would, you know, had the mesh, like a splash of the mesh. Yeah, through the middle of the number. I because it doesn't it, it's seem in both. needed. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, seem it's... needed, but I don't. I mean, I don't have an issue with it. I don't like it. You don't like it? No, just just leave it. Just leave it yeah, solid. It's interesting. And it's something, honestly, I would have never noticed. <laughs> now I can't not notice it. I'm the worst at picking apart uniforms, why I like or don't like something. But I like these. I like all of them pretty much. They're all pretty good. Yeah. So but of these four combinations, that, that all black is, is definitely my favorite. Well, I was going to say of the four combinations that I, I think you would see most often, you get the, the black, red, black, which I think is, the home daytime standard uniform, which I would be okay with. Mm. Like you wear this in day games or games that started in the day. Um, probably my favorite combination. I just, I think it, it just shows up really well. The white numbers, the black outline, um, the all whites, white helmet, white shirt, white pants. 
I like those. I I like if you're going to wear an all white, I think your opponent should be wearing an all color too. I don't think both teams should have like white pants. Yeah. I don't know why that bothers me. Powder blue or something. I can't stand powder blue alternates, man. I like it when it's, when when they're not trying too hard. Like when it's a a team that actually has some powder blue. Yeah. Historically. Um, all back, all black throwbacks. Yeah, could get down on, and then the the throwback for the road, the black helmet, white shirt, black pants. Anyways, I like all four of them. I like the all. Well, yeah. Those throwback I think, helmets are so hard to beat. I love the three stripes on the top, the white, uh, red white stripe on a black helmet. Is the bass boat glitter helmet? old enough to be throwback yet yes because i will i will duck and say kind of liked him oh oh i'm not going to be ashamed (laughs) of that at all (laughs) it was a strange thing like i loved him why on earth would you put glitter on a helmet like but i'm like i (laughs) so you could see him under the lights you need to they need to be seen it's a flashy team uh, the all whites are probably my, my least favorite of those four. I could I could get behind that, but it's probably because because when Tuberville first brought them out, like the helmet had like the three stripes on it, and like one of the stripes was blue or something. It like oh yeah, it it, th- it didn't work. It was it was so auburn. It was like nah, man, nah, leave that leave that in Alabama, brother. I, I think um, the, the whites the white uniform I enjoyed the most was, was the throwback helmets with the stars, like the white throwback helmets with the stars on them. Okay. Um, I know what those, but because I feel like on, on these, on this white uniform, I don't really care for the metallic red stripe on the helmet. I think they should just go with a matte scarlet stripe on the helmet and just kind of, or, or, or do two stripes. Apparently, I'm a I'm a fan of helmet stripes, Spencer. So we might disagree Can on I, the, whatever Tuberville did, even though um, it was it I was like say that out loud. It was like they took an Auburn helmet, peeled off the Auburn logo, but not the stripes, and put a Texas Tech logo on it. Because I think they I think it was like a bluish type of stripe on it, man. It <laughs> would Texas, be like him to um, completely. What is it? Tubfuscate to just completely make something up or say something happened that didn't happen or say something is, is one way when everyone else in the world knows that that's not true and it's the other. Okay. So they played at New Mexico 2010. I think it's when, I think that's when they rolled it out. Oh my God. Ah. I forget how bad that was. Oh my gosh. Let me let me see if I can sit send this to you somehow. Okay. Are you gonna send uh, it to the doc? Or, or you know what? No, I'm just gonna share my screen. Because oh, yeah, it was that. it was that the old jersey star with like the, the, the black stripe coming down off the shoulders that went to the red. Yeah. Which I like that, but then the helmet design. Oh my mm-mm. This is this is good. Okay. Share screen. All right, this is for everybody's viewing pleasure. Oh, oh, that's a lot of stripe. 
Yeah. So basically, it was a it was a, it, it black, wasn't blue. White, it was red, white, black. Yeah, it was a fat red stripe down the middle, and then a little bit of a gap, and then two black stripes on the outside of it. But there was a space between the red and the black stripe. It looked a lot like the Auburn helmets. Not a fan of whatever's going on with the the legs on the pants either. Well, I liked those uniforms, but my goodness, man, that's just... It's a new era. It's a new era of tech football. I'm going to have some championships. Because like here, here, let's, uh, l- let me show you these really quickly. This is great podcasting, by the way. Because the stripes that lined up from the shirt to the pants, like, I don't know, man. I, I liked these, I liked these, uh, I like these uniforms, man. So you had the stripe coming down off the collar. Oh, okay. Okay. Down the, down the, the ribs of the, of the Jersey. Then it went to the hip of the pants and then it like it flared back out down the leg. So he's showing a photo of the infamous 2010. Oh, no, that one wasn't infamous. No, it's uh, one that we won because of uh, Matt Williams was able to hit field goals. Yes, in Boulder. That's a, was it, it was the last time Tech played in Boulder, I guess. Also, this combination? 2011? Yeah. The black, red, white? Nope. Yeah. We did that a lot. Yeah, okay. I'm not. A, there's some people that really like that, but I like either all the same color or two of one and one of the other. See, and I don't. I don't, I don't like the like black helmet colors. Red shirt, red red pants. I don't mind that. I I don't like three different. I, <sighs> I don't. I've never been a fan. Oh, good Texas pride. Let's add some blue. Throw some blue in there. Looks like yeah. a. Looks like an XFL team. Or, or a, a team that you would build in a knockoff version of a of Madden. Anyways, okay, that was fun. Like if there football. was a Gruden, if there was Gruden football, that's what you would. <laughs> that was the team you would build. Gruden football twenty three. That was a lot of, a lot of uniform talk. Um, that's what we're recruiting updates really quickly. Uh, we did talk about this guy when he first hit the portal and that, that text tech was showing interest, the defensive back transfer from Baylor, Adonis McCarty. And then there was an immediate Texas tech offer did commit to the red Raiders. Not a surprise there. Uh, I believe uh, he probably was a McGuire and Nance uh, recruit there for the bears. So he's, he's announced his commitment since we last recorded. Uh, and then Two defensive backs and two athletes, but I think all four of these high schoolers are going to be defensive backs. Um, Ashton Hampton, 6'1", 170 from Pearland. Uh, athlete Oliver Miles III, 6'2", 170 from El Campo. Athlete Peyton Morgan, 6'1", 175 from Pflugerville. And then defensive back Isaiah Collins, 6'3", 186 from Huntsville. I said Ville differently. Pflugerville, Huntsville. Flugerville. Program, program. It's fine. Either way. Five new defensive backs, DBU, uh, as Michael said earlier. No Micah Hudson yet. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Uh, 
because of the issues we had recording, I don't even know how long we are right now, but let's uh, let's wrap this up with what do we learn? What do you say, Michael? Sounds good. Let's do it. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. Uh, quick going yard update. Bermuda has taken off. My my whole yard is Bermuda. I love it. The front yard. I'm I busted out the real mower last weekend. The manual well, did, one. Did you get one? I mean, I obviously did. you did. But I think the I, last time we talked about it, you hadn't gotten it yet. I'm not sure. Uh, so so I I got I got a manual one because I, I said I, I couldn't commit to paying five or six hundred dollars to mow just the front yard with it. I could probably mow the backyard, but it's neither yard is really set up and really ready to be real mode, super short. Uh, but this one can go down to half an inch, which is plain short. And wow. it's, it's actually pretty low as it is. It's not as low. I don't have it set as low as it'll go. I think it's probably one or two settings above that, but it's under an inch when I mow it. Um, I'm able to do the front yard with this front and side yards with it in like five minutes. So like I can be out there every other day and not, not really feel like it's all that big of a burden to keep it mowed short. Um, I put some, some fertilizer down and it like went from there being a lot of dead ryegrass you could see in some Bermuda to like a lot of really green and nice looking Bermuda and some ryegrass. I don't know how long that ryegrass is going to stick around and just still be brown. I don't know, man. It may just, just have to trample it down and whatever. Uh, but the Bermuda is old and mature enough. Now I can start spraying for weeds and really get this thing locked in excited about that now it's going to be too hot to spray the next couple days but uh yeah man i got the real mower out got it cut real nice and low out front looks real good real good real good Good um so i talked about us going to midland uh earlier went to a rock hounds game and i know i know that lubbock was in the running for the team that ended up in amarillo but like i was there and it was a it was a good fun environment, and I was like, Lubbock could do this. Lubbock should be doing this, having a minor league team. Um, it was it was an enjoyable time for for all of us. Like my, the wife went, all three kids went. Uh, the weather that night it was so it was Friday the thirtieth. Um, it rained a lot that day, so it was pretty humid even for Midland. Uh, and the way the stadium is sitting, like when you walk in, uh, from the ground level, from the parking lot, you're at the top of the section. So the stadium, the playing surface and the seats are all not, they're below ground level, essentially. It's fine. Except for a day like that, when it was hot and muggy, there was no wind from where we were sitting. So we like the kids only lasted through like the first three innings and we had to get up they had a they had a couple of playgrounds in the outfield that they could see from our seats. Like we want to go over there. I was like, I know you do. I know we're going to watch baseball. <laughs> and then we, we, we just couldn't, we couldn't do it anymore. Cause it was, yeah. Um, and then there was a splash pad out there in center field, which the, the boys absolutely loved. They weren't, we weren't ready for it. We didn't even know they had a splash pad, so they didn't have a uh, clothes to change into, but didn't stop them from getting absolutely soaked, which is fine. It was fun. Um, and then we left. We, we probably ended up having to leave about the seventh inning because of just the the time it would take us to get back and the feeding schedule with the little one. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I, I honestly think that Lubbock could like do this. Like they could host a, a minor league team and, and, and put something together and have, you know, great turnouts throughout the summer, man. Well, and I wasn't here 
when the crickets were here, so I'm not really sure how all that went because um, Abilene was close to where I grew up, so I got to go to a lot of Prairie Dogs games growing up uh, over there in Abilene, and that was those were always fun as kids. But I think to back you up, I mean, the, what we've seen with the Matadors, I mean, they're averaging. This may not sound like a lot to some people, but I don't know about averaging, but the two games I've been to, it's been over 4,000 people. And so tonight it looked even more packed. So, I mean, they may get four or five or 6,000 people out to watch a soccer game in 102 degree heat in a July night. I mean, I, I think Lubbock could potentially support a baseball team kind of with maybe not that same type of numbers because there's just more games. There's just more baseball games. You know, there's fewer soccer games, so they're obviously going to be a little bit more of a concentrated turnout. But, yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing it right before our eyes that there can there is room for more than just Texas Tech sports in Lubbock or just Lubbock Christian sports in Lubbock. And like I said, I, I know that they were they were in contention to host or to home the team that ended up being uh, in Amarillo, the Sod Poodles. Um, so I don't know if like a team would have to leave their current spot or they have to open up a, a new expansion type team or or maybe if like um, if Nashville gets their own MLB franchise, like as an expansion team, like you can go get one of their minor league programs, but that's going to be a long way away from their, from their home base. But Midland, the Rockhounds are part of the, the A's organization. Um, and we saw them play the Corpus, Corpus Christi hooks, which are part of the Astros. But I, I thought it was strange that the, uh, the Rockhounds were with the A's, um, out here in Midland, Texas, not here, but, uh, but if you look at the population, uh, Lubbock is twice as big as Midland. If you add in Odessa, uh, they get close to what Lubbock is, um, combined, but you, you got the, you got the population base here, especially with the, the success we've seen at Texas tech uh, and their baseball. Like you, you've got some, some baseball fans here. Oh, for um, sure. you've got, yeah. you've got a great youth baseball movement here too. Like it's one of the, the biggest sports out here for youth sports. Um, you know, especially I don't know when you look how around. many people travel to Arlington to see the Rangers every year. I mean, who, who knows? And, and I'm not saying that this would replace that, but no, there's definitely some, I'm just saying that there are folks that interested in, in baseball that they, they make the trek to Arlington probably multiple times to see some professional ball. Well, I know, in, uh, in the summer and you know, that those same folks, they still may go to Arlington the same amount, but they, they, you know, they'll spend, uh, I don't know, three, five games or something watching the Lubbock crickets. What they would be sure. Let's go back. Let's just throw it back to the crickets. That makes sense to me. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I think they could do it. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, well, actually, there's two more things. Um, those that have Suddenlink or are aware of Suddenlink or Optimum, uh, regardless of the rebrand, new name, new company owns, whatever it is, they still suck, man. <laughs> uh, I tried to go through some technical support today. after we, so we had a storm last night that knocked out power for a little bit. Um, and it may have fried the 
router part of the modem router gateway device that they, they put in, in the house. We saw the internet, obviously we're doing this podcast tonight. Uh, everything that's connected to the wall is just fine. Although I did lose internet for a little bit earlier. Um, but we can't get our phones or Grayson's switch to stay connected to Wi-Fi. It'll, it'll be on for two seconds and it'll disconnect. And I, I went through their technical support and I realized I have to deal with a lot of stupid people, but like, they're like, did you turn it off? Turn it back on? I was like, did that several times before I got on the phone with you today. Yeah. 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 But the first thing is not, Oh, I want to get on the phone with tech support. That's, that's a joy for everyone. And then of course, like we got to the point, like, would you like to schedule service? Like, well, it's working right now. And I'd hate to send somebody out here and have to pay for a service call. Like, well, it's working. I don't know what you want me to do. So I told him no, because it was working. But it, since then, it's been spotty. So I was like, I, I can't. I can't. We'll have to call him back. And be like, I need, I, need, I need to schedule somebody to come out here. Um, and then last thing really quickly, I saw this tweet out there. Thailand Burger Kings, Michael, have released a new sandwich called The Real Cheeseburger. Okay. It has no meat. Just... Oh. 20 slices of American <laughs> cheese between two buns, two bun halves. And this is real. It's a real this thing. I saw, thing. I saw, we I saw a picture of it. Uh, some of the cheese catfished looked, by a, by a gigantic, you know, Burger King and literal cheese burger. Um, it's just a cheese sandwich at that point. Is it a cheese melt? Is it like a, well, so I was going to say only a burger. All, only some of the only some of the some of the slices of cheese look like they were melted. The middle oh. sixteen slices probably look like they were still. They still had the the pointed <laughs> edges. They got peeled out of their packaging. With. So not a very not a very penetrating weld on this. They got I don't even know where the heat would have come from because like the bun looked like it was maybe lightly toasted. It wasn't like a grilled <laughs> cheese type, but anyway, sit on the dash of a car for five minutes and then hand it to somebody. Yeah, I don't know. This yeah. is fine. This is what the Americans eat. This is a real cheeseburger. 20 yeah. slices of processed American, American cheese. cheese. <laughs> oh and I wonder uh, like how much that is like a shot. Like they're, they're making fun of Americans. It's got, Oh, yeah. Have yeah. a real American cheeseburger. It's nothing but <laughs> yeah. cheese. Yeah, they've probably seen a lot of... Because <laughs> there are... We definitely have some burgers at different establishments that have like three pieces of cheese or I remember steak and shake made one that just, just instantly made my stomach hurt just thinking about it. But it was something like, I think it had cheese sauce and butter on mm. it or, or so much. I mean, it's like, come, come on, what are we doing? But anyway, uh, what is the, okay. So we're talking 2000 calories on that one. Yeah. Right? Cause that's a, that's a clean 2000 calories. Uh, I think it's 2000 calories in cheese alone, man. Like if you think like if the cheese, the slice of cheese have like a hundred, 90 or hundred calories, whatever it was we saw. So 20 slices of American cheese would be the equivalent of what? Like a quarter pound of Velveeta. <laughs> give me a block of Velveeta. Like, give me the, give me the Velveeta equivalent of 20 slices of American cheese. Now, so you knock American cheese, and Samantha doesn't like it. But like, I, I, like, if I oh, want something that's on a burger, yeah, like melted, like that's absolutely. What I want. Oh no, I'm, I am, I'm not knocking it, but I am knocking twenty pieces of it. That's that's a little much. Two, okay, okay twenty two, <laughs> ten times. Let's go big. That. 
All right, so what'd you learn, Michael? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Back to food. We're still on food here. You know, over the years, I have I've bought different brands of um, sausages to grill with, or just you know, the, throw in this air fryer or whatever. And I, I made a discovery that apparently I'm the only adventurous one in this regard because years ago my wife decided that she's only going to buy Opa's smoked meats, which is uh, out of Fredericksburg. And there's probably a lot of y'all that have heard of it. Unbeknownst to me, she made that decision. But now looking back, it's clear that every time she bought sausage, it was that. But a lot of times she didn't get to buy it because I'd already bought it from some roadside person or we were on a trip and I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy some sausage and you know, then we'll cook it. I'm like, oh, I wasn't that great. <laughs> I, then I keep doing it though. And I keep doing it for like years. And I remember we went to this guy's house and he, he made this uh, jalapeno cheddar Opa's sausage and it was really great. But I gave, I think I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Like, Oh, he just really knows what he's doing on the grill. He's just, he's just really good. But Allison took it more like, Oh no, he just bought really good sausage. And so she found out what it was. And so she's been, she's been buying it ever since. And so I've finally come around. I've I've made this epiphany years after she did, which is, you know, kind of normal in probably most (laughs) marriages, but definitely in mine. And so she bought some jalapeno cheddar Opa's sausages recently and I threw them on the grill and, and, uh, man, I just couldn't stop raving about how much I liked them and how good it was. And she's like, I know it's the only sausage I ever buy. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, that's it. That's all I've bought for years. And then I realized, Oh, it's because I keep bringing this other <laughs> stuff home. That's swill <laughs> sketchy track record. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, I will say I, though, I will like connect, connect a sausage though is probably my favorite, but it's just hard to get here. But Opa's, man, the, the, it actually tastes like, you can actually taste the jalapeno. It's not it's not super spicy, but you know sometimes you get sausages like that that have green chili or jalapeno in it, and you just see green specks, but you, you taste nothing. Sure. But the jalapeno sausage from these guys, you can actually taste it. Um, you could taste the cheese. It's a good amount of cheese. It's not overbearing. It's just a, it's a really fine product, not a sponsor. I was going to say, like, I've, I've had good experiences with Red River Meats and All Hell Meats sausages. I have not. Okay. Um, I have not cooked All Hell Meat sausages yet. That's still in the freezer. So, but I, I have, have not tried Opal. I think, I think uh, United carries them, right? Yes. I think they're everywhere. So, oh, on well. the, I would imagine HEB does because they're, you know, really into South Texas stuff. So, <laughs> and onions, man, they're really about their onions. <laughs> so what? yeah, I'll, I'll check them out. I just, everything store-bought from like pre-made stuff, HEB branded has just had a lot of onions in it to me. The, I, so I, you, we've done you, like salsa and guac and, and something like some kind of bean mix too. And it was like, I can only taste raw onion. They're in the pocket of big onion. You think? I guess so. Big tuber. Uh, okay, I learned one other thing, Spencer. Yep, what's that? So, our family trip we were on last week was at a was at a camp, and it was a really fun time. There are a lot of cool activities for us to do as a family, and you know, you, you could 
participate if you wanted. You could not. I mean, it was really open. But I kind of got myself into something before I really realized what it was. And it was too late to turn back. So I committed to Via Ferrata, which I don't know if I'm saying it right and I don't care because I'm never doing it again. But it's basically you hang off the side of a rock face. But so you're not climbing up the rock face, but someone's been there before you and they've they've put in these um, these anchor shackles into the rock and then they've they've strung this cable this steel um, or aluminum cable between the anchor shackles and as you go you have a lanyard that you can that you kind of thread through that way you can um, keep your bungee connected to you and your harness and all that kind of stuff so there's these steel cables running laterally across this rock and you're just basically walking laterally or horizontally along this rock, but it's hard. It's really hard and it freaks you out and my feet are too big and I weigh too much and I did not like it. If anyone looks up some Fia Ferrata images, what I did was probably way less intense than some of the images that pop up instantly, but man, it was enough. I'll never do that again. Are you good? Would you be interested in that, Spencer? I can tell you're kind of looking. I, I've been doing some searching on it, and I, I rock climbing has always been like a big no for me. <laughs> so, like having a cable to attach to, it's like, well, there's at least that aspect of it that should be kind of taken care of. Yes, but uh, but then no. after you know every every time you have to you you meet a junction of that cable, you have to take your hand off. And move the, th- I, I don't know. There's so many times where there's just three points of contact onto the wall and I don't like it. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's it not my cup out. of tea either, man. No. And you were doing this either. in New Mexico? Yes. And people had their kids up there and the kids were all crying. Oh gosh. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were scared. And then they would get all, they would, you know. I'd overhear the kids later like, oh, I was pretend crying. And I was like, no, you weren't, my friend. <laughs> I saw you those crocodile tears. out of your gourd. <laughs> yes. yes. Your pants are almost wet because you were that I want to go back. Dad's oh, like, no, there's no turning, no turning around. <laughs> yeah, that was truly it. Oh, man, we were all just, there were several of us kind of in it together. Um, luckily, my uh, my daughter, like, I'm not going to say chickened out, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. She backed out right as we started going, but I had already committed. I was already up the little ladder thing and I was around the first big rock and my heart was already pumping. And I was so glad I saw dad do it. I didn't nothing to do with that. (laughs) I think so. I was so glad that, cause I was not giving off good vibes. If she had decided to come with me, I'd have been like, Oh, I don't know how we're going to do this. And I probably would have said it out loud, which is not what you want to tell your six year old. So I, I was not exuding confidence at all. It's first time I've done any sort of rock climbing anything. I don't even think I'd done a rock wall at a gym. But I've done it those. Was, They're fine. But well, it was told to me like, oh, it's kind of like a horizontal obstacle course thing. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. And then I get up there like, this is not <laughs> like whoever said that's fire. <gasps> <laughs> this is, this is, it's 
so scary. But it was, I'm not a heights person. Mm. I can be on a plane. I can be in a Ferris wheel. That's not a problem. But if I have to climb a ladder to get on my roof, the lookout, I, I might, I might just freak out. If I have to climb, the, the worst part is getting on the roof and then climbing down the ladder. Absolutely. Yeah, it's that last step. Like, I, worst I, scenario. I can get up and down that ladder just fine. It's like that last step going from the ladder to the roof, just that yeah, transition. transition. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And then like but, trying but to figure yeah. out like a, a firm footing to get off of the, off the roof back onto the ladder is like, if, is I, if my transition, my weight properly, like if am I going to kick this ladder out from underneath me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can be in a tall building, a tall structure, things like that. Don't bother me. But anytime but my 10 foot roof, fall, man, <laughs> yeah. no, sir. I mean, and truly the, we were, I mean, we were probably 20 feet above the ground in some places, but that was as high as it got. And it didn't even feel that high because we were kind of in the trees. So it's not like, you know, there was a vast emptiness behind us where all we could see for miles was nothing. No, there were trees all around us. So it didn't feel that we were that high, but it was. You ever, so, uh, yeah. if anyone takes you on a Via Ferrata, uh, just do your no. own research. Yeah. <laughs> Have you, do you ever, do you ever see, uh, the documentary free solo? No. Okay. So I the dude, to, free climbs El Capitan, which is, <sighs> you know, what was it, a couple thousand feet up and it is like in the middle of this valley. Right. So like, there's nothing around. You're on this rock face. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's not what, what I did was nothing. No, remotely I like wouldn't, that. I would never do that. But yeah. Anyways, I've seen that the, that's on the national geographic, the, the national geographic portion of Disney plus, I believe I need to check it out for sure. All right. That'll do it for us on the 23 personnel podcast. We'll be back next week to dive into some off season shenanigans, looking at schedules, looking at new opponents. We still got to put together our game, our, our cooking show board, but that'll do it for us. For Michael, I'm Spencer. Catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.